Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Kuiper Collective Podcast. My name is Branson Parler, and we're glad you're joining us today. Uh, with me is Dr. Dan Cruzy, uh, Professor of Biblical Studies here at Kuiper College. So, Dan, welcome. All right. Good to be here, Branson. Yeah. All right. So, uh, thanks for being with us again. Last time you were on, we talked about the Gospel of John, but we also yeah. talked a little bit of football. And so, you know, I just thought I'd take this chance to say it's a strange feeling to wake up today as a lifelong Kansas City Chiefs fan, and uh, we're in the Super Bowl. So that's kind of a strange, it's kind of a strange thing. Who, who, uh, who is your early pick? Are you going with San Francisco or Kansas City? Well, I don't know. It's really hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes, I think. But, you know, and the, and the Chiefs, it, it's been 50 years. So San Francisco's had their opportunities in the Super Bowl over the years, and I think maybe it's the Chiefs' turn, 50 years. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm hoping so. So I'm kind of hoping the Chiefs pull it off. I'm hoping so. And I, and I didn't check this morning, but I think I'm still winning in the, in the faculty NFL pro pick'em. I think you are. I got yet. So I think you are. This could be if if I win that and the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. This could be that's a that's a that's a double win. It's a, it's a win win for yeah. me. So I'm 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 hoping. I'm I'm hoping. Yeah. I'm cautiously well, that'd be optimistic. That'd be good. Uh, I'd like to see the Chiefs pull it off. Yeah. No. Yeah. It'll be good. Well, uh, you know, football is not the main reason we're here today. Even though right. that might might be a, a place to talk. But um, you are this semester teaching a class in Kuiper's uh, Master of Ministry program uh, called preaching and teaching the New Testament. And so I thought it'd be great to uh, have you on and think just for a few minutes about uh, some of the content of that course. You know, you're somebody who not only uh, teaches, uh, you're somebody who preaches and you teach preaching and teaching. So you're, <laughs> there are multiple <laughs> yeah. layers here yeah, uh, that's to, right. to, to what you do. Um, so maybe, and it might be helpful as I was thinking about this, uh, to just tell people a little bit about the the master of ministry program and kind of yeah. what it stands at the sure. background what what's maybe uh, distinctive about this program and why Kuiper kind of launched into this area of, of really graduate yeah. theological education yeah yeah well we started about a year ago so it's up and running and we've got several students who are part of our program now and I guess what I would say the major distinctive of what we're trying to do is that our program is just really practice oriented you know, we're learning stuff in the classroom. We're learning some, obviously, principles about the topics that we're talking about. Uh, but what we really want to do is to give opportunity for the students to practice what they're learning in their ministry context. So, you know, we'll talk about two learning communities. There's hmm. one learning community that's in the church and then the other learning community with your sort of cohort of students in the classroom. Uh, and learning happens in both contexts. A little differently but learning happens and I think it's important to you know practice what you're doing and then reflect on it that's how we grow and learn and get a little bit better so uh, you know that's distinctive about what we're doing so we give plenty of opportunities for students to put into practice what they're learning in the classroom and I think that's a huge benefit yeah yeah I love that in my um, the one course that I've taught thus far and I think just in really setting up this program uh, what I've appreciated about it, it is, as you say, the two learning communities, that uh, this is not just a classroom-based program, but the idea here is that you're learning uh, the kind of skills that you're actually going to need in a ministry context. And so it's not uh, just about uh, doing the classroom learning, and uh, one day you may at some point use some of this, but actually saying practice using it now so that we can yeah. grow on this uh, and work together uh, thinking through what this yeah. looks like. Yeah. I mean, I wish I could have done that in my preparation for ministry a little bit more. I mean, I, I studied, I learned, I went to seminary, you know, we learned theology, doctrine, 
biblical principles. But I really sort of learned the most about ministry and preaching when I actually got in a church and was able to practice it and do it and put those things, you know, sort of into practice. And that's, that's where a lot of learning takes place. So I wish I could have done that. And that's what we're offering our students. Yeah. The opportunity to do. That's good. That's good. Uh, and so let's talk a little bit about preaching and, and teaching class. What does it mean to preach and teach the New Testament? So how would you, when you think about, uh, especially the preaching angle of this, how do you, how do you define, how do you understand, how do you explain uh, what is, what is preaching? Yeah. It might be a basic question, but we, we maybe have gone to church all our lives, even never thought about, well, what is actually preaching? We experience, but we don't often stop and yeah. say, what, what is this? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And that's the exact place to start. Because a lot of times I think we approach, you know, any discipline and, and, and preaching. And, and the first thing we think of is, well, how do I do it? Give me some tips on how to do it. Yeah. But I think before we ask how to, you know, we have to ask what is, hmm. what exactly are we doing? I think that's a great place to start and a good question. So I don't know. I would just say, you know, what is preaching? It's, you know, for me, it's sort of standing with the people of God under the word of God and saying, hey, look at what God is saying to us. Hmm. I mean, it, it's the word of God. We're trying to communicate the very words of God to our congregation. We're dealing with the, you know, as Paul calls it, the mysteries of God. And it's authoritative. And, and we're just trying to, you know, we're not, you know, we're not really necessarily even talking to people about the Bible, but we're talking about people's lives from the Bible. Hmm. You know, uh, so, uh, you know, we're, we're taking the word of God and uh, it's authoritative. It's truthful, obviously. And we're saying to the people, you know, God has already spoken to me. I've studied, I've prepared, you know, let me tell you what God is saying to all of us. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's sort of, teaching, communicating the biblical text in a way that's relevant to people's lives today. Well, I appreciate that, that way of, uh, of setting it up and framing it, because I know one of the temptations that, that I often experience when I teach or preach, uh, is I sort of start with maybe what I want to say, or I start with, well, here is maybe, you know, maybe when I think about, you know, relevance, like, well, here's what everybody's talking about in our culture. Here's what everybody's talking about in the church. And so there's this temptation to let my own agenda or, or even kind of what's going on in the broader culture, or even what's going on in the church, uh, shape preaching. Uh, and, and that seems to me a, a real danger that we kind of have to constantly guard against. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I mean, I, I go back to just Paul's sort of uh, uh, charge to Timothy, right? sort of at the end of Paul's life, and he's charging Timothy as a pastor and a preacher, and he just very simply says to him, preach the word. Just hmm. preach the word. Yeah. In season, and out. don't preach your opinions. Don't preach what you want to talk about. Don't preach what you think your congregation wants to hear but just preach the word, you know, start there. And that's why I think one of the things that we're doing in, in the course is, you know, we're really talking about the importance of expository preaching, uh, which means you just start. Yeah. yeah. What, what does that mean? Expository preaching. Yeah. So when we think about, uh, again, that to some folks, they might know what that means, but for others, what, what really is expository preaching all about? Yeah. 
I think it just means that, you know, whatever you're going to say, whatever you're going to communicate is going to arise from the biblical text. Hmm. The main concept, the main idea is going to come right out of the text. Obviously, after you have prepared and studied and looked into historical background and what the author is trying to say, uh, whatever you're going to say is going to have its foundation and basis right in the biblical text. Uh, and, and I think a good way to test that is, if, for example, if you're preaching, you know, from one of Paul's letters or something, and if Paul were to listen to your sermon, he would say, yeah, that's what I was trying to say. Yeah. You know, if Paul listens to you and says, well, no, no, that's not what I was saying. Yeah. Then I think the preacher's in trouble. Yeah. So I think that's why we want to ground ourselves in the biblical text and then make sure that we're, you know, uh, communicating to our people, this is what God is saying yeah. to us. Yeah. And so when you think about how to, how to do that, then based on what you're saying, when we think about our preaching, it seems like preaching is something that should, uh, maybe not always, uh, but largely should walk through a book of the Bible, pre- preaching through a book rather than kind of jumping from topic yeah. to topic or jumping from text to text. Is that, is that fair? Yeah. I, I found that to be value in my own preaching ministry. And when I first started, you know, uh, as a pastor of a church, I think the hardest thing was, you know, kind of sitting down each week and saying, what am I going to do? Yeah. What am I going to say? Uh, and I think it's a bit, a bit easier if you kind of just take the approach, you know what, I'm going to do expository preaching. I'm just going to take a book of the Bible and just kind of walk through it in little chunks. Yeah. That's the way the, you know, the books of the Bible, I think were meant to be read in the first place. Uh, and so I think we, I think it's a, it's a benefit to, to preachers to do it that way because it shapes and sort of frames what we're doing, keeps us anchored in the biblical text. And I think it also is a benefit to our congregation. It sort of teaches them how to read the Bible. Yeah. You know, how to walk through a book and, 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 and what the, you know, the author's intention was in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's helpful. So we start to see the the connections and um, but in it within particular books of the Bible, how this yeah. all hangs together. Yeah. Uh, I know I find, you know, when we preach that way, I end up preaching on texts that I think obviously we never would have selected if you're just if you're if you're saying week by week, I'm just going to yeah. pick a different text, maybe from a different book. Uh, there are all kinds of things that I think most of us would would probably maybe even some that we'd rather avoid and not preach. Uh, yeah. But doing things that way, I think, reinforces that uh, sh- it, rather than saying, we know what's relevant. Now, let's go to the Bible to figure out what yeah. matches up with that. It says, no, actually, Scripture comes first. We, we yeah. go to Scripture to shape what we think is yeah. helpful or relevant as we as we go yeah. through the text. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I mean, uh, in Paul's sort of uh, last charge to the elders in, in Ephesus, you know, he says to them, he gives his own example. He says, I preached everything to everyone. And I think that's what we need to do as preachers, preach the whole counsel of God. It's all important. Every book is inspired. And I know we all have our favorite passage. I do too. Yeah. I sort of default to Gospel of John yeah. or, 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 or Romans, yeah. like, like many of us do. Uh, and, and, and so I think, you know, uh, we just, you know, preaching through, you know, the whole counsel of God, uh, like you say, on texts that we wouldn't have chosen for ourselves. 
Now that's harder because we have to do the hard work of, of uh, investigating the text, doing the background and everything. And so it becomes hard work yeah. to do that. Uh, but that's, I think, what we need to do as preachers. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, so our church recently wrapped up a series on preaching the book of Revelation, yeah. which again is, I think it's one of those that uh, a lot of pastors, a lot of churches maybe avoid because there is, I mean, the, the degree of difficulty seems like it's just through the yeah. roof. How do you... How do you make sense even of what it's saying? And then how do you yeah. preach this? How do you make yeah. it uh, applicable to people? Uh, but I think what, what surprised me preaching through that was uh, really how relevant the book of Revelation is for today. That, that kind of the, maybe the, the problems that I see in Revelation as a, maybe even as a professor, and you're teaching yeah. on the book of yeah. Revelation, so you've, it's kind of like, well, what do, you, what do we make sense of this image? How do you kind of put all these puzzle pieces together? But one thing that struck me in preaching through that uh, was the way that if we let the main point of the text sit with us, yeah. uh, it speaks directly to what we're facing today in a variety of circumstances that the Jesus who spoke to these seven churches uh, still speaks to us today. Yeah. And not only is he being revealed, but who we are is yeah. being revealed through what we're experiencing, what we're, yeah. what we're uh, going through as a church. Yeah. Uh, and so it, to me, is just a striking example of here's something that I think is maybe the least relevant or the most difficult to preach and just seeing the fruit that is born yeah. when we are willing to just sit with the text yeah. uh, and walk through it. Yeah, I think that's powerful for our congregation, too, because when they're able to to see the relevance in something that they might not have expected to be relevant to their lives today, yeah. it's a bit surprising. And I think that's very powerful when they learn something new, when they see something different and all of a sudden it has relevance to them and they've learned something and they've grown. And yeah, so I think that's just, there's a real benefit to sort of preaching through books, things that we wouldn't have chosen ourselves and just do the work of, of, uh, of communicating to people, look at what God is saying to us now. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So we've been we've kind of been talking about you know what is preaching, um, and uh, I want to shift a little bit to the how to. Yeah. And so what what maybe just a couple things that you in your experience have found are uh, really helpful as somebody's preparing to to preach or to teach. What are some things, some practices that we can kind of weave into our yeah. weekly routines or uh, regular approach to, to preaching that would really help us? What yeah. are what are a few things you'd suggest along those lines? Yeah. Yeah, that, and so yeah, now the how-to. Yeah, that's uh, which everybody wants, uh, right? Give us I, the, I suppose give us the there's how-to. a you know there's a different model for preaching as there are as there are preachers, and if you ask them all, they all have a little different way of approaching it and preparing. Uh, there are some basic principles, though, I think that are important. Um, somebody once said that you know uh, preparing to preach is 20 hours of prayer. Mm, <laughs> well, it doesn't mean you pray for 20 hours, yeah. but it just means I think you you cover everything that you're doing in prayer at every step of the way in selecting the text in studying the text, praying over maybe what's the one big idea in the text and then how you can connect it to people's lives. So I think prayer is just sort of a, you know, we all are in favor of prayer, but sometimes we, we don't think about how that really can benefit us in our preparation for preaching. And then, uh, so I think that's important. Yeah. Pray over every step. Uh, 
because it doesn't seem to some it well that's okay that's great prayer but that's not yeah. that's not really the how to piece right because yeah. we're like well that's not a technique but but I think what you're saying is that it it actually is that this is going to go a long way in yeah. t- in terms of actually helping you preach better preach more yeah. effectively because you're actually you're treating the text as what it is which is God's word yeah yeah I mean another thing I mean since we're obviously emphasizing expository preaching is to spend time with your text and to read it again and again and again, perhaps practicing Lectio Divina. Uh, and that, that's a good practice. And just reflect on it, maybe even memorize it. Hmm. That's one of the things I've tried to do a little bit in my ministry is to, is to memorize. There's power in that. And just live with your text uh, for a long time. Uh, that, that's very helpful. Uh, I think another thing that, that, that really is helpful, a basic principle that sort of everyone has recognized is to, is to really what you want to do is end up preaching one big idea. It's got to be memorable. It's got to be clear. Yeah. If somebody in the congregation were to ask, you know, what was that, what was that sermon about? They ought to be able to, to, to tell you in one clear sentence. And so I think as preachers, we want to, that's what we want to do. What's the one big idea? What's the one thing that God is saying that they can remember? Yeah, that's good. And that's a, that's a shift. And this kind of takes us back to even to uh, thinking about theological education or how, how we train, uh, train up preachers and teachers. You know, when I think about uh, sometimes how we focus in more academic circles and seminaries and others, sometimes uh, there's a lot of focus on kind of the weeds and getting lost in the weeds of, well, here's this one particular word. How does this get translated in Greek or Hebrew? Or, you know, as an academic, I kind of like some of those interesting rabbit trails around, you know, exactly what's the cultural context behind this or the the historical piece. Uh, But that is often something that is, turns out to be less than helpful in terms of actually communicating the one big idea. I mean, I find myself struggling with you try to pack all those little pieces in your mind and you can't answer this question. What's the, what's the main idea of this text, even for yourself, even for myself as a, as a preacher. And so I think uh, what you're saying is really uh, my experience in preaching really speaks to what you're talking about because somebody who was more academically trained. And so early on in my preaching, I was like, well, what do people, what do I need to give people? Well, as much as possible in one sermon and make sure they're aware of all these background details and other pieces. And, uh, over time, exactly what you're saying has become more important. Just, uh, me prayerfully sitting with the text. Uh, it doesn't mean those other pieces are bad, right? We want those. It's good to have those other things in the background. Uh, but, uh, it, it, what I, what I think is that we often um, prepare people, prepare preachers to write academic papers, yeah. not to actually preach. Yeah. Uh, and preaching is much more, I think, uh, personal than just writing an academic paper. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. We have to see ourselves not primarily as communicators of information and knowledge, although obviously your sermon's going to include information and knowledge and truth and all of that. But uh, we're communicators of God's word. We're preaching for transformation. 
for changing people's lives. And that's what we want to do. And obviously that, you know, what's, what's so important to us as academics and folks who study the text is, you know, historical background. We want to go into all the nuances of the text and we want our people to know that stuff. Well, there's a place for that. Yeah. And maybe that's more the teaching part. Yeah. And what we do in a teaching setting. But when we're preaching, I think we want to boil it down to one memorable, good point. And I think in the course of the sermon, to be effective, we want to repeat that big idea at least three times. It may seem redundant. It may seem obviously repetitive and that we're boring our congregation, but they really need to hear it again and again and again and just say it and be clear so that they can walk away and say, yeah, that's what God was saying to me today. Yeah. And how it's relevant to my life. I got it. Yeah. And that's good. And that, again, I think underscores preaching for that kind of transformation requires that we are first prayerfully transformed as we engage the text. We can't, again, I can be a dispenser of information without having really encountered God in the text myself. But I think it's much harder to say I'm preaching for transformation uh, if I am not first letting myself uh, exposing myself to who God is yeah. through the text and, and yeah. letting him work on me through yeah. that way. I mean, I've just learned over the years and, and had my, my seminary preaching professor say too, that before you preach any sermon to anyone, you should preach it to yourself. And so I think that's what we do. We've, we've, we've lived with the text. We've listened to what God is saying to us as preachers. And then we're just simply sharing it with our congregation and just learning to preach out of our lives and the word of God and let the Holy Spirit do his work in folks' lives to bring about that transformation and change. Yeah, Sounds simple, good. but there's obviously a mystery to it, but it's the most wonderful thing that you can ever do, I think. Yeah. Well, that's great. This, is, uh, this has been a great discussion, really helpful. Uh, I do want to make folks aware of the panel that's happening in your class, because this is a panel that's free and open to the public uh, this Friday. Uh, tell us just briefly about uh, what that panel is and what you guys are going to be addressing in your class. Yeah, so we've invited uh, what I would say three expert preachers uh, to come and just be part of our class discussion. I think one of the ways that we learn to be better preachers is to listen to good preachers. Uh, not only preach, but talk about how they prepare and how they think about preaching. So we've invited three folks to come uh, just sort of have a question and answer time and just give them an opportunity to share uh, how they approach preaching and let our students ask some questions. And hopefully we can just develop and grow together to be more effective and better preachers. Yeah, that'll, that'll be great. Uh, And so it's going to be again this Friday at 10 o'clock, 10 to 1130 at Kuiper college in room 211. Uh, and so that's that's open uh, for anybody who wants to come and take part in, in that time. So I'd really yeah. encourage you to, uh, if that's something that works in your schedule, uh, to take advantage of, of that opportunity. Yeah. Uh, well, Dan, thanks again for being here today, and uh, we'll look forward to, to chatting with you uh, pretty soon in the near future. All right. Thanks, Branson. All right. Blessings, everybody. All right.